starting this new series today, Hot Topics, and I kind of talked about it last couple weeks as we were getting into it, and, and what we're going to do over the course of these next six weeks is kind of answer six questions that many of us ask. People not only inside the church, but outside the church kind of want answers to these questions, even though we may not really say it out loud, and, and one of the questions, you know, if, if if Christians love Jesus, why is there so much hypocrisy or so much hurt inside the church? And, and, you know, it's a question that I know I've asked myself, and I've seen it many times. Uh, one of the other things is, is how can we trust the Bible? How, how can we trust that the Bible is actually God's Word and, and believe what it actually says it is? Or where does God stand, or what's the relationship between science and faith? Which I think a lot of people will be surprised at. Even another one, uh, what does God think of abortion? I'm sure each of us has our own thoughts on that. Um, how can Christianity claim there's only one way to God? Because we claim the only way to get to heaven is through Jesus Christ. And, and last, if God is all good and he's all powerful... How come there's so much hurt and evil and suffering in this world? So these are subjects we're going to be covering over the next six weeks as we go through this series. And one of the things I think we need to do is as we do this is really look at what God's Word says and seek God's Word for His wisdom instead of our own. Because through this whole thing, I think there's some issues and challenges for each of us. Because each one of us may have our own opinion. We may have our own, this is what I believe about this subject. But a lot of times what happens is, is that belief that we have is incorrect. And, and as we take it and we put it against the, what God's word says, we come to find out that maybe what we were taught wasn't true. Or maybe our own personal belief system really wasn't wasn't what it should be, and, and we relied more on ourselves than on anyone else. And, and what we need to be able to do is understand that, let's see what God's Word says. Because as we go through all these subjects, it's not going to be what Republicans say, it's not going to be what the Democrats say, it's not going to be what the liberals or the far right or the left or anyone else has to say, it's going to be what God's Word has to say. And ultimately, that's the most important of all. It doesn't matter what I say what you may say, what we may think, or what we may believe, it's what God's Word says, and it, that's what we should believe. Ultimately, if we as Christ's followers are going to do what God's Word says, then we actually need to do it. And, and I want to challenge you that during this series, if, if your belief doesn't line up with what God's Word is, change your belief. And, and, and here's the reason why. Because we can't expect... God's word to conform to our own personal belief. But we need to take our own personal belief and take it to what God's word says. And unfortunately for some of us, 
you're not going to care. It's what I think. It's what I believe. It's what I was taught since I was knee-high to a grasshopper. And this is the way it should be. Boom. And that's where it's going to end. But that doesn't help. Because that ultimately brings answers to some of the questions that we actually are going to be looking at and that we actually have. And today's subject is going to be exactly that. If Christians love Jesus, why is there so much hypocrisy or hurt in the church? And this is big. I think if I asked right now, how many people in this room, and if you're watching church online, put it in the chat, how many people have ever been hurt by the church or a church member? Raise your hand. Raise feet. Now, it's interesting. So almost everyone in this room has been hurt by the church or someone in the church, right? But wait, we all love Jesus, right? How many people in the church have hurt someone else in the church? But wait, we love Jesus, right? So, so it's something that actually happens. And I think a lot of the reason that it happens... Um, it's just in our nature. And one of the things we're going to see today is if you don't like hurt in the church and you don't like hypocrisy in the church, man, you're right with Jesus on that. Because in Matthew 23, Jesus goes after the religious elite, the hypocrites of the church, and calls them out for what they're doing. And that's one of the things we're going to be looking at today is exactly what Jesus said to these uh, leaders and these other people. And, and But then I get to thinking about it. I think there's really two reasons why um, there's hypocrisy inside the church. Uh, I think the first reason is there are people inside church that really aren't Christians. They claim to be Christians, but they're not. And, and you can tell it by the fruits of their life that they're really not Christians. I think the second thing is that whole fallen man. We're all sinners, and we all fall short of the glory of God, but yet we'll try and act like the church is perfect. So a bunch of imperfect people coming together trying to say that it's a perfect situation. And I think the realization is that we're all sinners, and there is a difference between a hypocrite and a sinner. Now understand, sinners... And hypocrites are sinners, okay? We're all sinners. But not all sinners are hypocrites. There is a difference. There is a difference between someone who is hypocritical or someone who is a hypocrite compared to just a regular, everyday sinner. And, and I think hypocrisy really um, rears its head when, when we look at ourselves and our habitual way that we treat other people. And unfortunately, I think a lot of times that we don't even see it in ourselves, the way that we treat other people. <clears throat> and Barna actually did a study, and it said 37% of non-churchgoers that they talk to do not go to church because they've been hurt or because of the hypocrisy inside a church. There are people that each of us, everyone knows, and I know one person personally that tells me, I love the Lord, I love God, I love everything about it, but man, I hate the church. I hate what the church has become, I hate the people inside the church, 
because they're hypocrites and everything else. But I love God, and I'm going to do everything I can to serve him, but I will not go inside of a church because of the hurt that has happened to them. And, and uh, it's an unfortunate situation, but that's what we run into. And I, I think, you know, we're, like I said, as uh, imperfect people, we need to realize that all of us sin. All of us are sinful. All of us fall short of the glory of God. And, and each one of us, no matter where we're at in our life, has the capacity to sin. And, and ultimately, that capacity to sin that becomes hypocritical is where we start to hurt others. And, and where others decide they're not going to be a part of the church and they don't want to come into the church and that's what we're going to be looking at today. So we're going to be in Matthew chapter 23. Um, I actually taught on this, part of this, back in August. And when I taught on it back in August, and I didn't really cover all the woe to you scribes and Pharisees, I kind of put a note in my Bible said, I've got to come back to this. There is so much inside this scripture that I wanted to be able to come back to it and, and really dig deeper into what Jesus is talking to the religious leaders about, because exactly what he's talking to them about affects us today. It affects each one of us in a different way. And I think each one of us at times kind of walk on that hypocritical side of life where, where we may be judgy when we shouldn't be. And, and I think really when Jesus did this, he, when he went after these leaders head on, it was very courageous of him to do it. But we do know that Jesus confronted the hypocrisy of the religious people and his desire for his disciples was to love each other, to love and walk in love. Well, we as disciples of Jesus Christ are called to walk in love. Unfortunately, there's times that Jesus even needs to call out some of us for our hypocrisy that we walk this life with. So I think whenever we're put into a position of hypocrisy, we need to be willing to call it out just like Jesus did. But we need to have that courage, but we also need to have love. And, and that's the part that's generally missing when we call somebody out for something. And that's a lot of times what makes it look hypocritical is because we don't do it with love. And, and once words come out of our mouth, we can never take them back. And words hurt. Words hurt very much. You can never take them back. No matter how many times you say you're sorry, no matter how many times you ask for forgiveness, the cut that words make, you can never take back. And many of us have cut people or been cut by people who call themselves Christians and walk a Christian life or try and walk a Christian life, and we've been cut to the core. I know there's a time I did not want to go come back into church. There was a time I was hurt so bad in church that I said, I am never, ever going back to a corporate church again. But thank God for his grace, his love, and his mercy in bringing Christians into my life that showed me what was done to me was wrong. And that even though that was wrong, I need to continue to do what God calls me to do. Now, now today we're going to be, this is a large chunk of scripture. I'm actually going to only read four verses at the beginning. So I'm going to urge you, make sure you keep your Bibles out today. If you don't have one with you, 
there is one in the back of the pew. We're going to be in Matthew chapter 23. But, but one of the things that we need to hopefully learn from this today is that only when we stop pretending the church is perfect can we actually invite Jesus to conform us more and more into his image. But we've got to stop acting like it's perfect. Because there ain't a perfect church. Exactly. If there was, I wouldn't join. Because I'm far from being perfect, and if I joined it, it'd become imperfect. We are a bunch of imperfect people trying to serve a perfect God. Amen? So, I'm going to start out, I'm going to read from Matthew 23. I'm going to read verses 1, 2, 3, and 28. But like I said, I want to encourage you to keep your Bibles out, because we're going to be going back into it, and I don't have, I did not make slides for everything. So it's a lot of scripture to cover today, so let's get going. It says, when Jesus spoke to the crowds and to his disciples, the scribes and the Pharisees are seated in the chair of Moses. Therefore, do whatever they tell you and observe it, but don't do what they do because they don't practice what they preach. In verse 28, it says, in the same way on the outside you seem righteous to people, but inside you are full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. <clears throat> so I want to just dig in real, real quick. Like I said, we got a lot to go through. Um, as, as we look at this, we're going to look at four things that happen where that hypocrisy happens when we do something. And then the last thing we're going to look at is something that, that really affects other people when we become hypocritical. So, so the first thing, I, you know, as we read this scripture, you can see hypocrisy creeps in when we're not willing to practice what we preach. Which I think affects a lot of Christians. Because we're real quick to say, oh, you got to do this. But we're not willing to do it ourselves. Oh, this needs to be done. But I'm not going to do it. The religious leaders in, 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 at this time, they were trying to tell people how to live. And they were trying to tell people, hey, this is the life you need to do, and this is what you got to do to live this life. <clears throat> and basically Jesus is telling them, listen to what they say, but don't do what they do. And, and what he was referring to is the religious leaders. They were teaching the laws of Moses. They were teaching the Old Testament which was perfectly fine. Jesus had no problem with that. Hey, follow what they're saying there. But when he started talking about don't do what they do, he's talking about all the man-made rules that they added to God's word. All the man-made rules that they added to what you should do, whether this sacrifice or this. It's kind of like inside the church. We've made these man-made rules that this is what we do that aren't biblical. Well, this is what we've always done in this church. And well, it's a Baptist thing, but it's weird that not all Baptist churches do it, just one or two. But we'll make it sound like it's, this is what we're called to do, and this is how we're supposed to do it. And it's these man-made traditions that are added onto things. I remember reading an article this week, and it really struck me because I could see it happening. And this guy, he had asked a friend of his, been asking for a long time, yo, dude, come to church. Yo, man, come to church. Yo, come to church. 
Well, the guy finally came to church. And, and, and when he came into church, he was wearing shorts and flip-flops. He had on an ACDC shirt. He had on a baseball cap. And, and while they were getting coffee and donuts before service, yeah, that's right, I said coffee and donuts before service. There's nothing unbiblical about that. Okay, coffee and donuts before service. So they were outside in the foyer area. They were having coffee and donuts, and, and they were talking, and the guy's like, man, I'm so glad you finally came. Hey, we got this new series we're doing, and, and I think you're really going to enjoy it. I'm so glad you're here. And then one of the patriarchs of the church showed up. And this, this little old lady, been saved for a thousand years, or at least it seemed like it, walked up to him and said, young man, you need to take that hat off in church. Don't you know you're in the Father's house? You should know better than that. Why you dress the way you dress? Has anyone ever heard that? Anyone ever seen it? It's crazy. You look around this room right now, there are people in this room who in some churches would be told, I'm sorry, you need to leave. You mean the pastor's preaching in jeans? What, are you kidding me? Pastor's wearing sneakers? And you know, I almost purposely wore white sneakers today. What do you mean the pastor moved the pulpit? There's no pulpit. What's the table doing up there? It should never be like that. That's not what church is about. But believe it or not, there are people who will sit back and go, I can't believe they did that. Man-made rule, man-made tradition... Man-made, this is what I believe, this is what I want, this is how it should be, and it does not line up with what God's Word says. But we'll preach it like it's the gospel. It's exactly what the Pharisees were doing. And Jesus called them out for all these man-made rules, all these different things that they came up with for people to do in order to be part of the Jewish nation. And we do the same thing today. And hypocrisy will slip in when we try and have people do what, what, what we don't want them to do. When we don't practice what we actually preach, hypocrisy can slip into each one of our lives. When we tell other people to follow Jesus, to give and to love others, we've got to do it ourselves. We've got to do it ourselves. Oh, I'm a Christian and I love the Lord my God. And I love my neighbor as myself when I'm in church for an hour and 15 minutes. I don't live that life outside. The same life you want people to live and you expect to live, you need to do it yourself. Don't place rules on other people that you're not willing to step up and do yourself. If you're not willing to do it, keep it inside. Don't even say nothing about it. Next, we're going to look at verses 5 through 7 and 25 through 28. So verse 5 through 7 say this. They do everything to be seen by others. They enlarge their phylacteries and they lengthen their tassels. They love the place of honor at banquets, the front seats in the synagogues, greetings in the marketplace, and to be called rabbi by the people. Verses 25 through 28. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. You clean the outside of the cup and dish, but the insides are full of greed and self-indulgence. Blind Pharisees, first clean the inside of the cup so that the outside of it may also become clean. 
Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. You are like whitewashed tombs which appear beautiful on the outside, but inside are full of the bones of the dead and every kind of impurity. In the same way, on the outside we seem righteous to people, but inside we are full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. So another thing, hypocrisy happens when we do it all for show. When when we, we do it all for show, it's all about the show. It's all about what people see. And Jesus here, is, he's talking to these religious leaders, and he talks to them about they're so focused on the external of what's going on. They're worried about what people see instead of what God sees in their heart. And see, that's a lot of times what we'll end up doing is we focus on the external to make it appear like we're holier than thou, but inside we're far from even being holy. Inside, we have nothing but holes in our hearts because of greed and selfishness and whatever else it may be. And we try and put on this facade on the outside like we're holier than thou. They wanted people to think they were holy. So they lived by a checklist. I went to church. I did this. I did that. I gave this much. I did this. I did that. And they live by this checklist. And then they will boast about it because you see all their pictures on social media are all around church or it's all these different scriptures. And then when you meet the person face to face, you start going, huh? Are you the same person who put this on? We have that in our life today. We have all of these different hypocrites and people wearing a mask trying to be playing someone that they're really not. And they come in and they want to be seen by everyone. They want to make sure that everyone notices they're here. And we've all seen those people inside a church. We've seen them when they come in and they make this grand entrance so everyone has to look to see them. It really doesn't matter. But, but they're so consumed with the external, trying to appear holy, when they're far from it, which is exactly what the Pharisees are sitting here doing. And Jesus is telling them, they need to clean the inside of the cup. The one thing the law does, the law is external. It keeps people externally clean. Because you're doing what you're supposed to be doing through the law. However, when you look at the New Testament, and you start having that relationship with Jesus, it's all about the heart first. Jesus changes you from the inside out. And as he changes you from the inside out and he makes your heart clean, guess what? The outside's automatically going to be clean. Because what you do, what you say, how you treat people, everything about it is going to be different because the inside's been cleaned first. But man, we'll worry about the outside, won't we? Man, I look at social media and I, I just live a broke life. I see people on vacation with new cars, new homes, this and that. Man, I'm just broke. I don't get to go on vacation. I don't get to do all this stuff. But you know what? None of that really matters to me. Believe it or not, when I look at social media, I kind of chuckle at some of the posts I see because I know the real person, and I know they use filters when they put that picture on Facebook because I've seen them in real life. One thing that really made me change was when I got that 
HD TV in my living room, and it's a really big TV. And, and when you're watching the news and you're seeing stuff, when you get close, man, them newscasters look a whole lot different than on that little 55-inch regular TV. You get to see the blemishes on the outside of people. Well, in real life, we live in 4K. People see the blemishes in your life even if you don't think so. Trust me, people see the blemishes in your life. No matter how much you try and put on a mask in this facade, most of the times as soon as a word comes out of your mouth, they're able to call you for what you are and able to see you for who you really are inside this life. And that's exactly what Jesus was talking about here, that we need to let Jesus cleanse us from the inside out and not try and whitewash it, not try and cover it up, but be who we really are. Verses 16 through 22. Told you we got a lot to go through. (laughs) Woe to you blind guides who say, whoever takes an oath by the temple, it means nothing. But whoever takes an oath by the gold of the temple is bound by his oath. Blind fools, which is greater? The gold or the temple that sanctified the gold? Also, whoever takes an oath by the altar, it means nothing. But whoever takes an oath by the gift that is on it is bound by its oath. Blind people, for which is greater, the gift or the altar that sanctifies the gift. Therefore, the one who takes an oath by the altar takes an oath by it and everything on it. The one who takes an oath by the temple takes an oath by it and by him who dwells in it. And the one who takes an oath by heaven takes an oath by God's throne and by him who sits on it. That sounds like loopholes, don't it? I think that's one of the things hypocrisy slips in when we look for loopholes. You know, we all try and look for these loopholes in God's word. We try and take that one piece of scripture and say, well, this is what it says. And we take it totally out of context. Think about this as you read through this verse. Think about, so I can swear on the temple, God's house, and if I don't keep it, I'm okay. Does that make sense to anybody? But yet if I make an oath or a vow on the gold that's in the temple, I'm held accountable for it. That sounds kind of backwards, don't it? You know, good thing we don't do that today, but in some ways we do do the same thing. We may not make an oath on the, on the church or on the altar of the church or anything like that, but we'll make an oath and I swear to God I'm not going to do that again. Right? Well, according to the Jews and the hypocrites, it's okay because God's all-powerful, so you don't need to keep that oath. So all of us who have broken that oath according to the Pharisees and according to hypocrites, we're okay. But man, if we were to swear on the carpet in this church and we didn't keep it, we'd be held liable. Does that really make sense? Loopholes. The Pharisees looked for loopholes in order to get away with not doing what they were called to do. We as Christians do the same thing. We like loopholes. We'll look for loopholes in everything. You buy a new car, it ain't working right, you look for a loophole. Can I get the lemon law? Can I do this? Can I do this? Hey, what can I do? In life, we look through loopholes, and society tells you there's a loophole for everything. But is there really a loophole in following Jesus? No. 
There's not. However, we will try and find them. We will try and make up reasons for, well, we did this because. And, you know, in God's word, and we'll take this little obscure verse out of Ecclesiastes or the book of Numbers and say, well, it says it here. One little piece of a verse. Totally out of context. But we'll live our life by it and say, well, that's what God's word says. No, it's not. It may be a little piece of a sentence of God's word, but it's not what it means, it's not what it says. But we will actually look for loopholes to try and come up with ways to justify us not acting the way God told us, calls us to act. And, 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 well, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. I can't help what I say. Yes, you can. Oh, well, I can't believe, you know, they did this in the church, so? And see, so many people, we get caught up because, unfortunately, the church, this imperfect church, we've made loopholes in it. They, they don't report things. You think about all the different sexual scandals that have gone on that most of them you don't hear about until 20 years later after it's went to court and it's finally been settled because they've created these loopholes. We, we create loopholes in our lives to try and get away with, well, I know I'm supposed to give 10%, but I got bills to pay so God understands. So I'm okay with that. Oh, I know I'm supposed to love my neighbor, but if I don't know them, I don't have to love them, right? And these all seem like good reasons, but they're loopholes. The same thing the Pharisees were doing, we do the same thing in our life today. So make sure we don't look for loopholes. I think the next thing we do is verse 23 and 24. It says, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. You pay a tenth of mint dill and cumin, and yet you have neglected the more important matters of the law, justice, mercy, and faithfulness. These things should have been done without neglecting the others. Blind guides, you strain out a gnat, but gulp down a camel. You know, it's funny, I love these two verses. I, I, every time I read it, I just get to thinking about someone counting mustard seeds. Well, I got 10,000 mustard seeds, and I got to give God a tenth. So I need to count out this many. And that's basically what they were doing. They were literally counting out. I've got 100 mustard seeds. Let me count out 10 to give to the Lord. Isn't that crazy? That just sounds to me crazy. And, and to think about it, they took so much pride in going, here is a tenth of my mustard seeds. Here is a tenth of my cumin. Here is a tenth of whatever this is. And they were doing this outward sign, same thing, being outward about it, but their heart was wrong. And now what's interesting, people will take this verse and say, well, see, that's where Jesus was against tithing. No, he actually tells them to do it, to do the tithe, to do your tithe, but do it with the right heart, do it with the right mentality in line. It's not about doing this exclusion thing, but we need to include other things. We, we need to include our heart, our soul, our body, our mind. We need to include everything in what God calls us to do. But too many times we major on the minors. What we do is we worry about these, you know, little tiny little things, and we'll major on something about, well, you were sprinkled or you were dunked. That's got nothing to do with salvation whatsoever. 
but we will actually keep it from, oh, well, you're not a Christian. You didn't get dunked in baptism. Guess what? You don't have to be dunked in baptism. It's an outward sign of an inward profession of faith. Yes, it is being obedient to what God called us to do, but did the thief on the cross get baptized? No. And it is, it's an outward sign of an inward profession of faith. And we will get so caught up on, well, you were sprinkled as a baby and never baptized. Well, whatever it may be. You're majoring on a minor that makes zero sense whatsoever. Makes zero sense. And then we do the same thing with the tithe. We do the same thing with anything that God calls us to do. We'll, we'll worry about something so minute that makes no sense. And that's what they're doing here, and that's what Jesus is pointing out. They would actually count out seeds to make sure God only got a tenth. Does anyone here ever actually sit down and just physically count out seeds? No. I can tell you when I, when I give my tithe, I look and I say, this is my paycheck, 10% would be about this, let me go ahead and round it up, and here's what I'm giving. I don't actually put it on the calculator and say, 10% of this is $102.67.335 because guess what? I can't give that percent anyways. But we will worry about such little minute things that make no sense whatsoever in our life. And we need to be open and honest and do what God called us to do. Don't major on minors. Majoring on minors is one of the things that cause more fights and more issues inside the body of Christ than anything else. Think about it. This week, Proclaim Church, which is a non-denominational church across the bridge, who is a part of a Lutheran church network, actually called us up because they had some clothes racks, because they closed down their clothes closet, had some clothes racks and asked us if we could use them. I said, why, yes, of course. They then delivered them to the church. <gasps> you mean we as a Baptist church took something from a non-denominational church that's, that's a ministry of a Lutheran church? <gasps> How dare you? There are people who believe that is wrong, which makes zero sense whatsoever. There are people who believe, I can't believe y'all did something with the Lutherans. I've said it before. Guess what? We're all going to be in heaven together. We're all going to be there. There ain't going to be a Baptist heaven, a Lutheran heaven, a Catholic heaven. We're going to be there together, and guess what? There are going to be people who aren't there. There are going to be people who are actually hypocrites, who Jesus is talking about today, who come into church every single Sunday, this church, churches around the world, wearing crosses, carrying a Bible, playing holier than thou, that you're not going to see in heaven, and there's TV evangelists that are on there preaching that are still going to be there after the day of the rapture. You see, we know what the end says, but we don't live today like it's coming. We live today because we're worried about our own selves, and we're majoring on things that really do not make any sense whatsoever. One of the things I've been trying to do this year, and I mentioned it back in on January 1st, is in Matthew 22, Jesus gives the two greatest commands, to love the Lord your God and to love your neighbor as yourself. 
And, and I've really tried this year. I said, you know, I really want to live my life this way. I, I want to love the Lord my God with all my heart, with all my soul, and with all my strength. And, and I want to love my neighbor as myself. And it sounds easy, right? Man, it's been hard. We're only in February. And I think I've already failed a couple times. But, but I'm really trying to live my life like this. And, and what I figured out is this whole majoring on the minors and, and doing things. If I don't love the Lord and I don't love my neighbors as myself, guess what? None of the other stuff matters. In, in 1 Corinthians 13, it talks about if I sell all that I own and give it to the poor and I give myself up as a martyr and I do not have love, I have nothing. Many people walking around calling themselves Christians are living without that love. They're not serving the Lord with everything they got. They're not trying to do everything for the Lord. They're not trying to love their neighbor. All they're doing is spewing hypocrisy and hate for their own personal opinions and issues out to other people around them. It's exactly what Jesus is calling out these Pharisees for here. We do it ourselves. And we need to change from doing that. And then the final thing, verse 29 through part of 35. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! You build the tombs of the prophets and decorate the graves of the righteous. And you say, if we have lived in the days of our ancestors, we wouldn't have taken part with them in shedding the prophets' blood. So you testify against yourselves that you are descendants of those who murdered the prophets. Fill up then the measures of your ancestors' sins. Snakes, brood of vipers, how can you ex escape being condemned to hell? This is why I am sending you prophets, sages, and scribes. Some of them you will kill and crucify, and some of them you will flog in your synagogues and pursue from town to town, so all the righteous blood shed on earth will be charged to you. Who killed most of the prophets? God's people, right? What's interesting about this scripture is, if you look at the biblical timeline, this part of scripture probably took place on Tuesday of Holy Week. So Jesus is calling out this, the Pharisees in the church about killing the prophets of old and that even new prophets that come and new people that will come, they will flog them and crucify them. And about three days after Jesus called them hypocrites, what they do to him? They crucified him. He was bold enough to stand and call them out for what they did. He was bold enough to take that stand knowing he was going to the cross. Knowing he was going to die. Knowing everything that was going to happen. And he still called them out for it. See, unfortunately, like, like the Pharisees and the Jews of old, we do the same thing. If we don't like the message, we shoot the messenger. Isn't that how it works in life? I don't like what you guys say, so I'm not going to listen. I don't like what you guys say. I know, boy, I hope so-and-so over there is listening. Mm-hmm. You know, it's funny. We're, we're so quick, and, and I think the whole thing when we talk about 
how someone becomes a hypocrite? I ask myself, I wonder if people really see themselves as hypocrites. And I really think probably not. And the reason why not is it's so easy to point out the sins of someone else instead of seeing the sins in yourself. You know, we, we, we can see the splinter in someone, but we can't pull the plank out of our own eye. And this is what Jesus is talking about. And ultimately what we've got to understand is when hypocrisy comes in, it hurts others. It hurts other people in your life. It hurts other people in your family. It hurts your friends, your loved ones. When you become hypocritical, it hurts people. And it will make people not want to come to a church, not want to be a part of what Jesus is doing, and want zero part of any of it, and they'll run away. We need to look at ourselves and what we're doing, the words that come out of our mouth, the actions that we have. You see, a lot of kids don't come to church because if we as parents and grandparents don't make it a priority, what makes you think your kids are going to make it a priority? They're not. They're not going to make it a priority. And then you're going to wonder, Pastor, I don't know why my kids aren't coming to church or doing this or that. Guess what? Because you ain't. We need to do what God calls us to do. Forget the loopholes. Forget trying to look for loopholes. Forget trying to be perfect because none of us are ever going to be perfect. Watch the words that come out of your mouth. Don't get caught up being a hypocrite. And if you do get caught up being a hypocrite, guess what? You can ask for forgiveness because that's the difference. You can ask for that forgiveness. We're all sinners, and we all know with our sin what do we need to do. We need to confess our sin. We need to repent from our sin. You know, sometimes daily. Sometimes we need to repent on an hourly basis for some of us. But we repent of our sin, and because of God's grace, we're able to move on. But remember the damage that it does for others. We need to continue to do what God calls us to do. You know, remember that Barnish study at the beginning? 37% of people don't come to church because they've been hurt by people in church. Be the change you want to see. If you've hurt someone in church, apologize. If you don't know you've hurt someone in church, guess what? God knows, ask for forgiveness. But be the change you want to be. If you don't want to be called a hypocrite, stop being a hypocrite. Because guess what? Every one of us do a little bit of what Jesus talked about today. Unfortunately, it's part of our life. It's part of that free will, but when we take our free will and we start to put our free will on somebody else, that's when the pain comes. Love the Lord your God. Love your neighbor as yourself. And be who you really are. Be a sinner who has been saved by grace. Because that's who we are. Not all sinners are hypocrites, but all hypocrites are sinners. Be bold in your walk, but be honest in your walk. And like I said, if, if your belief or what you were raised doesn't line up, this is what God's Word says. It's not what Pastor Ken said. Line your life up with God's Word. Because that's what we are, that's our beacon, that's our navigation. That's what we should focus on is what God says. 
Let's focus on what God says. Amen? Amen. And maybe you're sitting here and you're like, well, that's real good, Pastor. But man, I am a hypocrite from the word hip. Man, I don't like what you said. You got my business. I like loopholes because it makes me feel better when I mess up. I like to tell people what to do even though I'm not going to lift a finger to do it. You know, Pastor, I, I believe this is what the church should do because this is what we've always done. What would Jesus do? Would Jesus call us out as being hypocrites? Would he call us out about being more worried about man-made rules or man-made traditions than what his word calls us out to do? And yes, there should be order inside the church because we serve a God of order. We serve a God who has a plan that's bigger than anything we can ever think of. You take the biggest plan you've got, he's going to multiply it a hundred times. But we need to be obedient to what he calls us to be. And that obedience starts with that relationship. And so if you don't have a relationship and you're like, man, I'm just too messed up and I'm a hypocrite, that's okay. You're a sinner first. And God's word says that we're all sinners and we all fall short of the glory of God. And, and you kind of think about it to become a Christian, being a sinner is kind of a requirement. Because, you know, all of us are sinners and God's word says we're all sinners. So to be a Christian, we've got to be sinners. Not the same sinners we were yesterday or the day before. But we're still all sinners and we're still always going to fall short of the glory of God. But God loved us enough that he sent his son to die on the cross. As a matter of fact, about three days after the scripture that we read today, Jesus willingly went to the cross to die for your sins. And God's word says if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart, you will be saved. You see, it's that believing in the heart, that cleaning, that inside of the cup. Not the outside of the cup. Not cleaning the outside of a tomb to make it look pretty. When all it is is dead bones inside of it. Don't be dead bones inside. Have a heart for God. Have a heart for what He calls you to do. And if you're sitting here and you've never accepted Jesus or join us for church online, you've never accepted Jesus, you can do it today. If you're online, you can type it in. I want to accept Jesus, and we'll send you some information. If you're here in the room, I'll be staying off to the side during this final song. You can come up here. We can talk about it. We can pray about it. And you can join our messed up, jacked up family because you'll fit right in. Because all of us are messed up. All of us are jacked up. But you know what? Every one of us are loved. We are loved by the creator of the universe. So each one of us are loved. And baby, you're there and you're like, man, I'm that hot. I'm the hypocrite. Come up and give it to God. Either right there where you're sitting or you can come up to the altar during this final song and, and just take time with the Lord and ask Him to take that 
hypocritical side out of you. Heavenly Father, we come to you today and we just thank you. We thank you for who you are and what you do. We thank you that that you sent your son to die on a cross for us. And Lord, that he was bold enough to speak out against hypocrites. And through it all, he showed love. So Lord, may we learn from this today. May, May we learn that you call us not to be hypocrites, but to live this life of love. And Lord, that we are imperfect, but we can still love each other and we can love others. Lord, as you clean our heart and you make us clean from the inside, as your word says, the outside will become clean. So Lord, I ask that we're able to see what you're doing in our lives. Lord, that you will point out where we fail you. And as you clean us from the inside out, Lord, that we will shine your glory in everything that we do. That people will see us. And Lord, that we will love you with all of our heart, our mind, and our strength. And that we will truly love our neighbors as ourselves. The way you call us to do it. And that we will, may always be a sinner, Lord, but that we will not be hypocrites. We make this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, thanks again for joining us here today at FBC Lantana for Church Online. And, and, and if, if you enjoyed what you saw today, I'd just like to ask you to go ahead, go to our website and, and help support this ministry as we try and outreach and reach the loss for Jesus Christ. And you can just go to our website, fbclantana.com slash give, um, and you can make an online donation right there. Again, I encourage you to get connected to a local church, and especially if during this message you felt compelled to accept Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, definitely go tell somebody. Let someone know because that is the greatest decision you could ever make in your life. And and from there, get connected to a local church. Hey, we would love to provide you with some resources with that. You can go to our website, fbclantana.com, and on the very front page, you say, give my life to Jesus. Click on there, and at the bottom of there, there's some links and some good information for you. And just wanted to say, welcome to the family.